0: Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a
1: couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it.
0: Hello and welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today. By the time you're hearing this, the International Day of Rural Women will have been and gone. So we hope you had a fantastic day celebrating yesterday and that you um, showed some love to a rural woman in your life. Or if you are a rural woman listening to this, um, thank you for everything you do for our regions and for our agricultural industry. Uh, It would not be what it was without all of you. And on that note, I am really excited to introduce today's guest, who is a wonderful rural woman in her own right. Chloe Smart studied a Bachelor of Animal Science at the University of Adelaide before spending two years as a Jill Roo in the Flinders Ranges of SA. She's traveled across Northern SA and Western New South Wales as a contract muster prior to starting her role with the Ag Career Start Gap Year Program at the National Farmers Federation. Before she started, Chloe was working as a senior station hand on the 280,000 acre Merino Sheep property in Hay, New South Wales. Chloe has taken her years of on-farm and on-station experience into her role as a training and career development coordinator for the Ag Career Start program, where she is responsible for researching and accessing training opportunities for her participants to upskill themselves whilst completing their gap year program. On top of all of that, Chloe is also a Peter Westblade Scholar, a Young Farming Champion, and she is also heavily involved volunteering for the Hay Inc. Rural Education Program. Even though she didn't come from a farm, Chloe is incredibly passionate about showing the way for young people to get into the agricultural industry. Here's Chloe. Chloe, welcome to the Generation Ag podcast. I'm so excited. Uh, For the listeners' benefit, Chloe is actually a member of my team at the NFF. We've been working together now since the start of last year, which is wild. Um, So poor Chloe is being interviewed by her boss today, but I'm very excited because um, we obviously have a great time working together. Um, First off, just tell us where are you? What have you been up to today? What's the weather like where you are?
1: Um, so, I'm based in the beautiful Flinders Ranges in SA. Um, it's been a little bit overcast today, not too bad, but been lucky enough to be celebrating one of my beautiful school friends' 30th birthday today. So, I've just got home and are doing this podcast. So very excited.
0: 30th is a great way to spend a Sunday. Love that. Chloe, we always start in the same place, and that is for you to tell us who are you and what is your connection to agriculture?
1: So I'm Chloe Smart and I guess my connection to agriculture is um, one that I sort of fell into and um, sort of uh, kind of found my way into. I'm not from an ag background by any means. I grew up on a small little hobby farm in the Clare Valley in South Australia. Um, You know, we had a few pet lambs and some horses, um, but by no means a farm. And I guess I just really had a love of animals and um, after school I went off to university actually hoping to get into wildlife of all things um was really interested in uh getting into sort of like wildlife ranger conservation that sort of area and then as I went through university um sort of my interests changed and I moved towards more of a livestock focus and yeah from there my career has really taken off mainly in the sheep and wool industry um and now working with young people in agriculture.
0: I love it. And we're going to talk about all of this in much greater detail. But let's talk about life on the hobby farm. You've got sisters. What was that like? What were the best bits and what were the worst bits?
1: Um, absolutely loved growing up. Yeah, so we had eight acres. We're in a beautiful part of the Clare Valley. Um, and, yeah, just loved getting out um, with my pet lambs. I had a couple horses. It sort of grew from the old plot along through to um, my go-getter, Millie. Um, and, yeah, we went to Gymkhana's. We had a great time there. Um, we live a little bit out of town, so we have a nice walking trail that goes past um, the house and, yeah, really just made the most of sort of that rural sort of lifestyle, essentially. We had tree houses in the um, in the trees down the road. Um, we had great neighbours that um, my younger sister actually grew up with and, you know, have gone through um, school with, which is great. They're the same age. Um, yeah, we just had a great, great lifestyle really out there. It was fantastic sounds like it. And
0: was like school, you did you go to quite a small school or was it still relatively like a large um cohort I suppose?
1: Yeah, so our well, my year 12 um cohort, I think there was maybe 80 of us give or take. So we had I'd say a pretty large cohort. So I just went to the local high school um and yeah, we had a great cohort, um a real sort of um Great, great young people throughout, um, lots of different backgrounds, family farms, not from family farms, uh, that sort of thing. And just really lucky to um, have an ag block at school, which was fantastic. So I did the show team um, from year 10 through till year uh, 11 or 12, I think it was. So I started off with goats um, and then uh, moved into, uh, we had a Murray Gray steer, uh, which was fantastic. So we went off to Adelaide show every year and um, did the goat and uh steer team and then um yeah so that really I guess sparked my interest to go into animal science um but yeah I had to give up ag when I was studying at school to obviously do my prerequisites to go to uni so I had to drop ag and do biochemistry uh physics um and those sorts of things which was a little disappointing but I guess it made it easier once I got to university
0: and so you kind of did like I suppose have some touch points with agriculture and it sounds like you did enjoy it but at the time it wasn't a real like career focus for you. When did that change? So you talked about um I suppose getting I suppose going to study in wildlife and then transitioning into agriculture that way. How did that transition happen for you?
1: I guess a bit of a hard a uh, bit of a hard one but also so university um I went to the University of Adelaide and studied Bachelor of Animal Science, and that was on the Roseworthy campus, which is still very much um, uh, ag, uh, no, sorry, animal science, vet science based now. And it's just grown and grown. The practical skills, the facilities they have now are just incredible. Um, but it really sort of started that, obviously. Uh, livestock um, is a lot easier to get hold of, to handle, to to work with, um, to do um, dissections on those sorts of things, whereas it's a bit um, inappropriate to be, you know, mowing down wildlife and grabbing them. So, it's a lot more accessible to get livestock parts. And so, I guess it just became a more focus that that was sort of the easier parts. And whilst we did learn a lot about wildlife um, livestock really kind of became more of a focus in um, to what sort of what we could do. And it turns out wildlife is actually quite a niche market to get into. It's really quite challenging to find a role in it, uh, whether that be a zookeeper or a wildlife ranger. It's very niche and can be quite challenging to get into. So I think for me personally, I wasn't ready to put um, all my eggs in that basket probably didn't know where to go or who to ask for help or anything. So um had a lot of really great support from some fantastic uni lecturers um, and sort of just fell into that livestock space, I guess. And I don't know where it sort of kind of um, epitomised that I might get into agriculture. I think um, once I sort of got through my third year, I was really starting to apply for jobs and I sort of struggled with that because I didn't have the practical experience that um, some other people had. You know, for on farm roles or different types of roles in ag. So, I really struggled kind of to find my first job out of university. And um, I had my heart set on going to AA Co in their graduate program. I was dead set going to get into that and go work um, with cattle up up north and got my heart broken because I didn't get accepted. And I'm honestly not sure whether I didn't get accepted because I wasn't qualified, or actually, I'm not 100% sure that maybe I didn't put my application in properly. I never followed it up, which I regret to this day because what a great experience that would have been. But I think that sort of started it. And then I really was more, I probably a bit more panicked that I needed to get a job out of uni. I need to earn money. I want to get out into the real world. I want to, you know, put my stamp on the world. And uh, basically, I finally got a job as a jewellery on a station in the Flinders Ranges. So just based out of Ororoo. Um, and it was on a forty thousand acre sheep and tourism station, so I was like, "Yep, this would be great. I'll get some on farm experience, and then I might branch out into some of these other more niche areas in into agriculture." And never kind of got that far because I found it fell in love with the pastoral areas of um, of SA and the sheep and wool industry, and sort of have just kept winding my way through through that industry now.
0: It's so interesting to hear you talk about kind of just falling into it because um knowing you, uh, you're so, so passionate about it now. Like it's I I don't know, maybe you just kind of like found the thing that lit the fire. Um and it's so interesting that you just yeah, we're lucky enough, I suppose, to fall into it. But I I'm I'm keen to talk to you because we have a lot of listeners of the podcast talking about how difficult it is to get into agriculture and how hard it is to forge a career when you um, aren't from an ag background and I think for you the way that you um, sort of left uni and was so keen to get practical experience um, and I mean that's set you off really fantastically now um, and you have spent a number of years working sort of in the pastoral areas on stations um, and even when you've been you know working this role now you've still been on station and having you know that really close touch point with industry what would you say to someone one about you know that them not coming from an agricultural background and like have do you feel like you've had to work harder than other people and what other advice would you give them
1: oh it's such a hard question um I think everyone's journey is very personal for themselves and um something that I wish I had known earlier is that everyone's on their own own journey and everyone's just going to look a little bit different so don't try and compare yourself to other people but um I think I did work. I did work quite hard. I'm not sure if it was any harder or not, whereas maybe people who come from a farming background feel that they have that um, that pressure to perform because they have that knowledge, whereas I guess I could put my hand up and say, honestly, look, I don't know what we're doing. Can you explain this better? I'm really lost in the paddock. Um, can you help me? I am someone who loves to learn so for me I love to ask questions I love to um, research things I love to pick people's brains and I think that really uh, helped me because I would talk to people and they say oh have you looked into this or have you heard about this scholarship or what about this opportunity or go and talk to Joe Blow down the road or the stock agent um, you know in the next town they're really knowledgeable in those sorts of things and so I tried to connect myself with people and it was a bit awkward sometimes I would just cold call these people and say hey look I'm working on this station I'd just love to pick your brain um I know you're the wool broker in the area um can I just ask you about um different types of wool or why we do these things or you know I've just done shearing and I'm not really sure why we've you know um separated this type of wool into these baskets can I ask you some questions and they would be like yes let me tell you And then that turned into, um, I actually did a day of work experience with one of the wool brokers and I just went out to another property and she talked me through, um, you know, what the classer was doing and those sorts of things. And, you know, I took a paid day off to do that um, and that wool broker was, you know, lovely enough to take me with her and that um, station owner was lovely enough to have me there. So it's just taking those opportunities, I think, and... Sometimes we have to say yes and get out of our comfort zone for those opportunities. And I really just think it's about asking and using your connections you already have. So asking, um, you know, the stock agent when they come around, hey, um, you know, can I pick your brain about this? I learned how to sh- count sheep from the stock agent. Um, finally, someone taught me a way that I could actually understand. So for a long time, I couldn't count. Sh- I really struggled to count sheep. I can not count them. I really struggled to do it. Um, in a timely, you know, matter, we, we're all, all on a clock when we're working and I really struggled. But finally, one stock agent just said, yeah, I'm happy to help you. This is how I do it. Might not work for you, but this is how we do it. And so he taught me techniques and that. And so I think just asking for help when you need it, reaching out to those people. Um, and they'll if they don't know, they'll tell you. I think we're a small industry um, in a big, wide world that all wants to share our knowledge in some way or another. And you just got to be ready to listen to it.
0: Yeah, and I think um I think that's great advice just around asking the questions because I think also what asking questions does is shows and in- demonstrates enthusiasm. Um and that's half the challenge I think when when we you're looking at sort of older people in our industry, they just want to know that you care. And I think asking questions certainly demonstrates that. And y- you know, you've done more than just sort of <clears throat> seek exposure out, um, you know, from gaining experience. You're involved you got you won the Peter Westblade scholarship, you were a young farming champion. Um you also heavily involved in the Inc. rural education program um how much sort of context and layering and things how much has that added um i suppose a richness to your understanding of agriculture and the way that you've moved forward in your career
1: oh so much so um you know young farming champions i was lucky enough to be sponsored through australian wool innovation to be in that program and got to attend some wonderful events. Um, but I also got to be in a cohort of other young people that were also sponsored by um, RDCs or other industries. So, you know, I met a, uh, there's a young girl in the YFC that was, um, worked in sort of horticulture and vegetable production. And one day we were doing presentations about um uh, I guess how to give a good presentation and she was talking about why um, we have the plastic wrappers over the cucumber and I sort of thought, oh, it's just more plastic, blah da And she went on and told us all about why, you know, it preserves the um, vegetable, it's great for, you know, hygiene, those sorts of things. There was all these reasons why we have to have the plastic on the cucumber. And I thought I wouldn't have known that had I not met this girl because, you know, my, na- my me by being naive has just taught me to go oh it's just more plastic it's you know that's why we need it and she was saying you know no they're trying to develop these barcodes and I think it's just been really enriching to learn from other people in other industries as well and so the YFC was absolutely awesome to do that I still lean on a lot of those young people in that group now um When I'm looking for training for our own Ag Career Start people, if I'm looking for an answer for something myself, I still reach out to them because everyone's got different connections. And then my Peter Westblade scholarship, um, you know, I'm lucky to be on the committee now for that. And to see the young people coming through in the sheep and wool industry that are so super keen, I guess it just pushes you forward going It pushes you forward knowing that there's great people coming behind you and that there's great people to learn off that are older than you and that have been in the industry longer than you. And then paying rural education, I was lucky enough to be involved in that um, for the last couple of years. And I just think it's such a wonderful practical program that we get these young people in that maybe have limited skills or have lots of skills and they're all working together and they all create this network. And they all learn new skills um, and they're able to do that in such a supported environment as well. So I think just being able to support other people in the industry and then uh, going forward and learning from other people in the different scholarships or programs that I've been in has really helped me, um, yeah, in professional development, personal development and, and yeah, go forward in my career.
0: And speaking of moving forward in your career, um, I want to talk to you about the transition between you know, you came off farm into working with the NFF and the Gap Year Program, uh, Ag Career Start. Um, I've, we've already had Steph, our other team member, on the podcast before. So we won't cover the Ag Career Start Program in depth too much, but I just want to talk about, I suppose, your transition into the corporate world of agriculture um, coming from you know purely farm-based experience. What was that like for you? And what, I suppose, what would have been the biggest challenges and where do you think, like, you've really brought some flavour <laughs> in, into into that side of things?
1: I think you'll have a laugh at this one too, Kayla, because I remember in my first couple of weeks, I was trying to work out how to use Outlook on the computer, and yeah. I was using all these new programs that I had no idea. And I thought, you know what? I don't tick all the boxes in this job description, that the probably the more you know admin side of things, not not my strong suit. But I thought, what I lack in um, those sorts of skills, I can make up in for make up for in passion and enthusiasm for getting these young people into ag and Look, it was challenging, I won't lie. Um, definitely my body noticed it probably more than anything because I'd gone from such a physical on-farm role to sort of sitting at a desk. I had to sort of change, um, yeah, how how my body reacted to work now. Other challenges sort of going through work uh, might have been just, just knowing I had a bit of FOMO from when I stopped doing my on-farm role to uh, going to the admin role. I still was like, oh, I wonder what's happening on the station. How are the sheep going today? You know, how's shearing going? How many sheep did we shear? And I think that transition out of um, station life to my admin life took a little bit getting used to, but it definitely wasn't a deterrent. And if anyone's thinking about changing from an uh, on-farm role to uh, more of a maybe home role or an office space role, I'd highly recommend it. It's definitely been so beneficial for me. I'm going to ask you
0: about imposter syndrome because um, I'm sure when you, um, you know, applied for this job or you rang the recruiter or whatever and you were were inquiring about it, you'd look at it and go, there's no way. Um, But how much of it have you felt like is just like, I'm very passionate about this space and so I can kind of just make it up as I go along and, and figure it out?
1: Oh probably a little bit. Um I think I think I just had to learn to back myself a little bit too. And sometimes my on-farm um knowledge had to shine through more than my admin knowledge or um knowing who to talk to in a certain thing. Like I knew that there was certain certain training organizations that I could reach out to that would offering a course um before, you know, other things. But um essentially I guess, yeah, I guess everyone gets a bit of imposter syndrome and I think it's, it's, it can be quite challenging when, you know, and, you know, I knew, I knew Kayleigh, you had a podcast, you know, you're very successful in your own personal life. Steph, our other colleague has such a successful personal life as well. Um, it's just, you, I can't compare myself to you ladies that have been doing an admin role. I had to sort of back myself in. And I think that really came from encouragement from, from yourself, um, from Steph and, you know, now Haley as well. And also just from other people in my life as well, you know, just going, nah, you got this, like, this is what you're meant to do. Um, You've just got to put your own mark on it, I think is probably really where I sat, but definitely did have some doubts in how I would go, you know, managing that sort of more um, admin-based role or home role. But I think now I'm really starting to thrive in it and um, yeah, really, really enjoying it.
0: And I think what you've done as well is been able to fall back on that always asking questions, um, skill, which I, it is a skill and it's something that um, you do better than I would say anyone else that I know, um, is like when you don't know something, you'll just throw your head up and just go, excuse me, Kayla, can I just have five minutes? I just want to ask you a question. (laughs) Um, And it's so, so valuable and it makes, um, I suppose, you know, again, advice for young people listening to this, asking questions makes it seem like you give a damn, but also it makes you very teachable and trainable and like, yeah, I think it, you can move forward so quickly if you're open like that. We've talked about the program, as I said before, but I, I want to ask you about your role specifically. So um, talk to us about your position, what what you do on the day-to-day.
1: So my role is the training career development coordinator for the Ag Career Start program. And primarily I connect the young participants that we have in our program with training and uh, industry engagement. So different types of training might include a chemical handling certificate, low stress stock handling, a a HR license, any sort of um, accredited or non-accredited training. I connect them with um, smaller industry workshops or larger industry conferences. Yeah, I really, my role is really just about connecting those young people to on-farm opportunities and off-farm opportunities as well, making sure they're making the most of their $4,500 training engagement bursary they get as part of the program, and just making sure that they're really immersing themselves in industry because, you know, I know from my own personal experience, uh, going to events, going to workshops, going to training, asking questions is really how I've learned a lot of my knowledge. And I can see so much value in you know, it that I really want to help our young participants to um, make the most of that opportunity whilst they're on farm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's a lot, I think, because um, not only do you have to, I suppose, communicate these opportunities, you have to have a good understanding of you know, the cross-industry training landscape, which can be so, so confusing. But beyond that as well, it's about motivating and empowering these young people to also make the choice to upskill themselves Um, because for a lot of them, it it can be really daunting. Like they're just arriving on farm for the first time and um, obviously you and I know intimately like how stressful and what a life-changing experience that can be for them um, and how you then like wrap them up and then go okay guys now you've been on farm for a couple of months like let's talk about how we're going to upskill you it, it I'm sure it's a lot for someone who would have no idea um, sort of what a day in the life would look like uh, talk us through that
1: My day normally starts by checking my inbox and that is normally full of newsletters and industry uh, newsletters, information, whether that be from RDCs, different groups uh, based from where our participants are based or the wider network from different uh, training organizations. So I read through all my inbox, read through all those opportunities. And if I see anything of value, I'll tend to do a little bit more research research, ring some people, send some emails off, say is there spots available, et cetera. And then I'll send that to our participants saying, hey, guys, great opportunity to come through. Um, You could do this. Um, There's a, you know, cheap show coming up in uh, Wagga. If you want to attend that, let me know. Um, If people want to usually go to those events, I'll book their accommodation, I'll book their travel, I'll book their ticket to the event if that's what's needed. Uh, I then typically liaise with the other um, team members, so the other Ag Career Start team members, and um, help make social media content. We might do a newsletter. We're often having meetings with other training organisations or other groups and facilitators that can help deliver some of the training we're looking for for some of our people. So my role is very varied, which is fantastic, which I think is why going from the transition to on-farm work to this uh, more admin-based role is because it's always changing. There's always something happening. It's very fast-paced. You've got to be able to think on your feet, uh, change it up. Sometimes things don't work. So you've got to change direction. So um, yeah, just really uh, working through my inbox is mainly the most part of the day. And then uh, going forward from there, helping the team where I can.
0: Yeah. Very busy. Every day is different, which is so great because we kind of work on like a I suppose, a calendar sort of system with peaks and troughs throughout the year where your role kind of changes, which is always very fun, very stressful, but like you said, it it keeps us on our toes. So um, thanks for sharing that, Chloe. We are recording this on the International Day of Rural Women and you are, of course, a rural woman, have been your whole life. Um, I want to ask what it means to you to be a rural woman.
1: I feel super grateful to be a rural woman. I am um, surrounded by some amazing women. Um, whether that be in the local town, whether that be the ladies that I've met out on stations, whether that be um, you know different industry people, I am so grateful to, for the women in my life. Whether that be um, my mum, my my grandparents, my aunties, my my beautiful friends that have supported me, my work colleagues. Um, I'm just so grateful to be supported by such strong women, but I am very grateful to be a rural woman and to be able to support other young women coming through the industry.
0: And I'm always, uh, I'm always interested, you know, it's a pretty well-known statistic that rural women sort of do many more volunteer hours of work than um, our city counterparts and, and our male counterparts, of course. Um and you are, you know, you obviously have your day job, but you're, you are heavily involved sort of from a supporting role kind of um, point of view in many things, one of those being Hey Inc. But, um, you know, you facilitate Facebook groups and things as well. So there's, you know, little activities and, and ways you get involved out there that um, lots of people, other people don't take the time to do. What what keeps you so enthusiastic about those sort of more extracurricular things like because it's a lot you know when you're working a full-time job to then keep doing those things too
1: it is a lot um I think I've had to learn to say no to a lot of things as well whilst my plate is very full of there's many things I've said no to because um my plate has overfilled um but what keeps me passionate I think And whilst I love my sheep industry, I think it's the people in agriculture. It really is for me. Um, I really value the people and the people that I see um, and get to meet in the extracurricular things I do, whether that be through my Peter Westblade scholarship, whether that be through Hay Inc., whether that be uh, through Young Farming Champions, um, the Hay Sheep Show, anything like that. I just think it's the people that keep me going. It's their passion that drives me forward. It's um, remembering, you know, that sometimes it can be hard, but you know, once you, when you get that event and you've, you've ticked that box or, you know, the end of the day comes and we all stand around and, you know, just talk about how great that event has been. It's those things that keep me going. And it's those comments, um, you know, we had such a great weekend. Thank you for putting this on. You know, I'd never thought I could do this, you know, thanks for supporting me to do that. It really is the people and, I'm super passionate about young people in agriculture and to be able to help that next generation come through, um, to have it maybe a little bit easier than what I had trying to get into the industry. That's what drives me to keep doing my work, to keep doing my extracurricular activities as well.
0: I love it. Chloe, that feels like a great place to wrap it up. The last question always is if someone has listened to this, wants to know more about you or your story, how can they do that?
1: you can connect with me on LinkedIn. So look up Chloe Smart and you'll find me there. Um, yeah, love to chat with uh, with you.
0: Well, Chloe, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. It's always a little bit like, oh, don't even want to divulge your life secrets to your boss. But at the same time, um, it's it, I'm very proud of how far you've come since I've known you in such a short period of time. And um chloe is yeah easily one of the most passionate people and hard working people i know um gives a lot to industry and so i'm super excited that we could platform you today on this day international day of rural women so thank you so much
1: thank you for having me
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au.
1: Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.